Chapter 7. Small Steps What most people might take for granted, choosing to upgrade a phone at the end of a contract, turned out to be an uphill task for me, punctuated with so many emotions. I used to get told what make a phone to sign up for. Now, I had the choice, the freedom, to pick and choose what model of upgraded phone I wanted. That felt so good. And I think a little bit of my spontaneous nature was creeping back. What little steps can you take to gain some of your independence? Next, I remember taking a trip to Calais in France. It was actually a matter of ringing a bus travel agency and making a booking. It was that easy. Apart from other small matters like paying for the ticket and getting up early enough on the day. Again, I was deciding to do something for me. Around the time we parted, I was back in the same church, and after a month of festivities and goal-setting for the new year, I decided it was time to take on the development of a new me. One time earlier, my mum asked if I had not realised how big I had become because I was sporting a size 20-22. I was asked if I ever looked in the mirror to see changes in my body. The last thing I did in those days was looking at myself in the mirror. Why? I knew I would see and have to face what I did not want to deal with. This time, I had had enough. It was time for the weight to go. Taking the fruits and vegetable requirements a bit further, I began to drink fruit smoothies, more vegetables, and water. Not much of a fan of exercise. I walked a little more in those days, and I was richly rewarded with a dress size drop to 16. Only, I put the weight back on later, as I was missing other elements of my diet and began to add them back again. So, I learned it's best to eat and live and be healthy, rather than take the weight off quickly. Mum invested in Elizabeth Arden Cosmetics so I would take an interest in my appearance, an art I had lost for a few years now. It felt good to be able to make some small changes to me and my appearance. I remember in those days how I would sit and talk to mum every night. It was like a talking therapy session with your usual shrink. It happened without any prior bookings, and she would listen as I talked and talked my heart out. The first night after the separation, I found it hard to cry, as I think I was more in shock and in a let-things-happen head zone. It felt like I was an observer in the mess unfolding before me. You may understand that for years I had not had a proper conversation with my mum, but that night I was talking so much, like someone had taken the lid off a tap which had so much to release. I remember being offered some alcohol, which I kindly declined. That wouldn't look good for a Christian anyway. I talked with mum regularly until it came to a point where I told her I had no more to say. So I think when that tank became empty, it left room for the entry of good things, but that did not happen immediately. A few far from cordial exchanges in the church setting with accusations, threats, and more when I was with the children or they were with their other family, which was much worse, cemented the idea that it was time to change churches. Seriously, My mum thought it was a good time for me to listen. She calmly explained that my passion for God could be served elsewhere as the current worship centre did not have a monopoly on God. Really? 
But I love that church, I argued. Now, I was beginning to think for myself and make decisions that suited me. Well, Mum reminded me that it was not the best atmosphere for the children, watching exchanges with their parents in God's house, or something to that effect. <sighs> okay. So yes, I had found freedom, but now I was going to exercise it differently by taking advice and making an informed decision. After a few Sundays away from the church at the time, I began searching for another place of worship. It was not long before I found a place that has become home for 13 years to the children and me. I think the first shock I had was when I witnessed the simplicity of praying and asking for God's intervention in matters. What was that? They simply read prayer requests, asked the congregation to pray, and it was done. No shouting or dramatizing or changing postures, pacing back and forth. No drama or theatrics. Just prayer. Ask, believe, expect, and done. We quickly settled into a new supportive family, and the children loved it. They were receiving lessons in skating, keyboard playing, dancing, and singing. There were so many exciting activities that kept them wanting more of the church, week after week. So, we stayed in Hillsong. It took about an hour to travel by car, but I believe it was an answer to prayer. Driving lessons were next on the agenda. It would be handy for school runs and juggling of after-school activities. In those days, it was a mad dash from work to after-school clubs, then to music keyboard, swimming, first aid, guitar, and all others thrown in. Children enjoyed these. Later years, I remember my PA reminding me to leave the office early to pick up the children for their various activities. The driving thing was fraught with drama and a crisis in confidence because I remember being told I would never be able to drive a car with a manual transmission. It was good that I was learning. Then, I could choose to believe what I wanted and act according to those beliefs. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Crucial intervention. One night, I think two days after the separation and moving in with mum, I woke up with the idea that it was time to return to the same relationship I had just fled. Why would I think that? I felt that I owed it to the other party to return home following numerous phone calls and fear of what loomed for the children and me, like my existence was entirely for them. I wonder now where that thinking came from. You can imagine the shock my mom greeted my thoughts with. She thought I was beyond belief. It seemed I had not learned anything yet. I remember her saying that if I had no compassion for her as a mother and did not think twice about her losing a daughter, at least I should think about the children and their fate if I had to return after all the drama and intervention to get me out. Those utterances shocked me, but I was still unconvinced about staying away until... Dream message. I went back to bed, whether the same day or after, I'm not sure, and fell into a dream. It was a three-way conversation, and I sat opposite one of the individuals. They were so caring and loving, and I remember talking on and on about my troubles. In those days, it seemed I was defined by my situation and problems, 
as I was always quick to offer a summary of my latest challenges and pain as a way of introducing myself to people. How selfish. Anyway, my companions were listening to what I had to say when I was interjected by a dominant one. He asked me where I got the idea that marriage was supposed to be so hard, sad, and brutal. He told me he was a god of love, and my idea of love did not come from him. So where did it come from? I was jolted awake from sleep to think about what I had just seen and heard. So, somewhere in my subconscious was the embedding of the fact that I had to suffer in a relationship. But people I knew took decisions to escape in their own situations. I had to examine my own beliefs to get to the root of these false messages. My mum was so elated, she danced and thanked God for getting through to me. After that, there were conversations with The Voice, as I think is best to call him. He became such a close companion, advisor, comforter, and explained things to me over and over again. Even on one occasion, I was in the kitchen. After some more disturbing phone calls, and I had argued about some other issues in my previous relationship, he gently and softly reminded me of the need to consider behavior over utterance. By their fruits, you shall know them.